Although many of us strive to be the best dad we can be, many physicians struggle with finding balance between their life at home and their life at work. This is the Imperfect Dad MD Podcast, the show where we discuss topics involving our minds, bodies, beliefs, relationships at home, and upping our game with our business practices and financial knowledge to better improve our role as dad in the lives of those around us. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremy Toffel, physician, husband, father to two boys, and self-proclaimed imperfect dad. Join me as I learn to raise my own imperfections within all these topics. Now, let's get to today's discussion. Hello and welcome to the Imperfect Dad MD Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremy Toffel. And in today's episode, since this is the early parts of the month of December, what better way to make us get into the holiday spirit than to talk about why you don't need to buy all those things for Christmas. <laughs> but before we do, remember, if you haven't yet, subscribe, leave a review for the show, share this with a friend who you think you might need it. But let's just dive into this. You know, I, I, I was raised in a family where... Um, Things were not always bought. My dad and I joke about this still up to this day because very frequently as a kid, every Christmas I would put that I wanted a remote control car on my Christmas list and Christmas would come and I'd get a lot of great things. Um, Remote control cars were never one of those things. And we still joke about that today that you know, I never got the remote control car. Now, nowadays you can get, you know, a cheap $15 kind of remote control car and it's not a big deal. But back when we were growing up, they were kind of big deals. They were the things on commercials. They were the big toy in the front of the toy catalogs. And so back then, if you had one, it was pretty cool. Well, one year my dad finally got me one (laughs) and this was a car connected to the controller by a wire. And it was not very cool. I think I, you know, messed around with it one day and that was it. But that was the point, right? It was this idea in my head as a kid that I needed this thing um, because I thought it was cool. Now, if I had gotten a real remote control car, would I have played with it endlessly and, and done all these wonderful things with it? I don't know. To be honest, probably not. It was one of those things that I thought I needed because I saw other people with it, and so I wanted it. And I think you see that with our kids, right? You know, our kids have this mindset. They see other kids with things and they want them. And one of the things that our eight-year-old talked about this year is he told Santa Claus he wanted an elf. And if you know what I'm talking about, I mean that wonderful elf on the shelf creation that I'm sure every parent out there loves. Well, we are still elfless. We do not have an elf in our house. And I'm going to last as long as possible before we ever potentially get one. I hope we never get one. And why is that? You have this thing in your house that's supposedly spying on you for Santa to tell him if you're good or not. But every day you're supposed to move this kid or or move this thing around to entertain your kids. Now, some parents love to do this, and that's great. But it's an obligation, right? It is up to you to be creative. It's up to you to move this thing around. And if you don't, your kids are wondering what's going on, what's wrong. But it's not just that. When you think about these elves... They're there to tell Santa if you've been good or not. So what happens when Christmas Day comes, your elf leaves for the year, but you don't get what you wanted for Christmas. So imagine me as a child, and if we blend our two time periods together, little Jeremy Tovel, wanting a remote control car, have an elf in my house who's checking on us, so I'm being extra good, because that's the whole point, right? And then Christmas comes and I don't get remote my remote control car. What's the first thing that's going to go in my head? 
what the heck did that else say to the sand of this to not let me get my remote control car? You know, you look at these things and that sounds ridiculous. I know. And I'm not trying to sit here and complain and say that elves on the shelf are a psychological hazard to our children. But I mean, that's how kids think a lot of the time. It's that question of, well, was I not good enough? Did I do something wrong? Did I not do this? Did I not do that? Why wouldn't I get that? And I think that's a big thing when it comes to our kids that we have to remember is this concept of, you know, number one, getting things and seeing it as a reward system. Um, But number two, what is the status that comes with it? You know, our kids in our house, they've asked Santa for several things. Our youngest, our five-year-old, asked for some Legos. He also wants pure Beskar. I assume he wants to make his own armor. Um, so I have to get find some Beskar for him, apparently. Um, but that's what he asked Santa for, is some Beskar. Where, and if you don't know what Beskar is, that is the armor or the metal that's used in the Mandalorian show to make their armor pre- basically indestructible to everything, including lightsabers. So it's pretty, pretty expensive stuff. Our eight-year-old not only asked for the elf, but asked for a switch and a hoverboard and, you know, pick all the expensive things in your list. And that's what he told Santa he wanted. Now, does that mean he's going to get all those things? Well, no. Does he assume that Santa's going to do this? Well, he, he kind of does. He assumes Santa's just going to do it because, number one, it doesn't cost Santa any money. Number two, Santa's magical, so why can't he just give me all these things? And really, number three, it's my friends have these things. Why can't I? And it's this sense of what your status is, right? Our things that we have are very status-driven. Why do we have bigger houses, nicer cars, you know, fancier clothes, fancier watches? It's a status thing. It, it shows where we are theoretically in the social norms. And for kids, sometimes it's the stuff you have. Now, luckily, kids are not so focused on this as adults are. But you have to look now and decide, okay, what is the lesson I'm teaching my kid about getting stuff? And I did a whole episode on this about, you know, all the stuff that we had when we were moving and um, the whole idea of getting rid of a lot of it and having too much stuff. And that, it kind of goes along with Christmas, too. It's when you look at all the stuff that you have as kids, sometimes it's this idea that they want to get this stuff to because their friends have it or they think it'll be cool. Um, but if your kids or anything like our kids, you might have given in one year, bought them that really expensive item that thing that was huge and was going to blow them away on Christmas day. And you were super excited to see their face and they open the thing. They're excited. They play with it for a week and then it goes untouched the rest of the year. And if you're at home and you've had that happen to you, just say you're not the only one because our kids have this idea that they want something not because they truly want it sometimes, but because they think they want it based on, you know, commercials, advertisements, their friends, whatever they perceive as being the social norm, they're supposed to have it. And that's one of the traps our kids fall into and one of the traps we as parents fall into too, right? Because we want to be that hero for our kid. We want to get him this item. We want our kids to praise us for getting them this huge, wonderful, beautiful item. And it's going to, you know, blow their minds and they're going to have so much fun with it. And it's going to create all these great memories and eventually it just doesn't. And that can be frustrating as a parent. I mean, how many of you have a closet or a basement filled with those big toys that you bought and basically went unused while your child's playing with the $5 Lego set you bought them just as a stocking stuffer for the entire year? I mean, that's, that's pretty common. And that's because our kids know what they want, but they don't know what they want. 
And I don't know if you understand what I'm saying there, but think about that a little bit and try to understand it. Now, we as people and parents, we do this too, right? There's a lot of things we think we want. And when Christmas comes around and it's time to buy ourselves things and call them presents for ourselves from our spouse, maybe, it's not uncommon for us to buy things that we don't truly need. Now, I've never been somebody who wants a lot of stuff. I think I, my parents raised us pretty good in terms of not feeling like we need a lot of stuff. And maybe that was my dad's plan all along for not buying me that remote control car. I'm not sure. But I'm not going to lie. There's a Lego AT-AT out there that's $800. And I really want to get it for myself. But there's no way in hell I can tell myself spending $800 on that Lego makes any sense whatsoever. I want it. Maybe if I had more funds, more money to spend freely, I would do it. But maybe I wouldn't. And I think that's something we have to look at that as parents ourselves is, you know, our kids, sometimes we feel like we got to load up the tree, load up the tree, load up the tree with all these things. And sometimes we feel like we got to do that for ourselves. Like, oh, hey, I've earned this. I deserve to have this. But am I getting it because it's truly something I want? Or am I getting it because I think it'll make me feel better? Am I getting it because I think it'll increase my social standard? Now, granted, maybe a lot of my friends aren't going to care that I have a $800 AT-AT in our living room. Um, Some of them might think it's pretty cool. And maybe that's me thinking, oh, I'm going to build this thing. It's going to be in the house and everybody who comes in is going to ooh and ah about it. And I'm going to be so popular because of it. I mean, that sounds like such a high school thing, but think about it. When's the last time you got something really nice for yourself? Like even a car. And it was this goal to kind of just show it off. And I'm not sitting here saying you can't do that. I'm not sitting here saying there's something wrong with it. But I would challenge you this holiday season. Look at that and ask yourself, number one for your kids, but two for yourself. Am I getting this because it's something that I think is going to be really important for them? Or am I getting this more of a social status thing? Am I getting this because my kid thinks they want it, but I know they're not going to actually use this like they think they are. And I challenge you then, if that's the case, don't buy it. Because you know what's going to happen? Your kid might act a little upset during Christmas that they didn't get that one huge big item, but they're going to forget about it in a week. And it's not going to make a big deal at all. And it may ingrain in them a little bit that, hey, I don't need all of these big things to be happy. You know, I got this other item that wasn't so big, but it was still really cool. Or I got to, you know, have something my parent made for me. Or my parents decided this year we weren't going to get a lot of presents because we're going to go on this cool vacation. There's a lot of things you can do with Christmas presents. And it doesn't always have to be the biggest and baddest thing out there. So think about that. Now, here's the other topic I want to talk about when it comes to Christmas. And it has to do with having the latest and greatest things. You know, as you know, we built a house and it's in a nicer neighborhood across the street from our school, which is great. Problem is, is this is the first neighborhood we've lived in where literally every house has Christmas lights on it. We've never had Christmas lights on our house. I'm talking not like go to, you know, your Lowe's or Ace Hardware or whatever, buy a couple strings, throw it on a tree and you're good. Like this is professionally done. You better have your, your eyes dotted, T's crossed and make it really pretty type of Christmas lights that cost you a lot of money. Well, of course, being in the new neighborhood, we could not be the only house on the block with no lights. I say this very facetiously. Um, Lots of quotations in there. 
But that mindset was there because we were literally the only house on the block without lights. We were this dark abyss in this Christmas exploration, I guess you could say, in our neighborhood. And so because we're on the corner of the street across from the school, we're the first house everybody sees coming in. So convinced ourselves that we had to do this, right? Now, if you've ever bought Christmas lights, they are not cheap. And they're not cheap to professionally put up and take down. They're not cheap to have for the next year. Now, the first year they say is always expensive because you're buying the lights. But I'm pretty sure I could have found a lot more use for the money I had spent on this stuff than I spent on the lights. Now, do they look great? They look great. But in my head, they're Christmas lights. And that's that's kind of all they are. Now, luckily, my wife's not listening. Don't tell her I said that because she loves them. So <laughs> that's fine. But... I think that's something you got to pay attention to, right? It's the holiday season is not just about the day of Christmas. It's all the stuff up coming up to it, you know, and um, sometimes we feel like we got to do these things. Now, another question is why, why do we feel like we need to do these things? And you see this happen with a lot of physicians and other people who go from not making a lot of income to suddenly making a lot of income. And it's this effect. It's if you've heard it, you've probably heard it. If you listen to people like um, Jimmy Turner and those guys, um, they talked about this a lot when it comes to physician and finances and it's called the Diderot effect. And Diderot was this guy in the 1700s and he worked basically, he was basically like a co-author for the most popular encyclopedia at that time in that area. And, but he wasn't a very wealthy person. He was well known, but he didn't have a lot of money and his daughter was getting married. But the problem was he didn't have enough money for the dowry. Well, word spread and Catherine the Great from Russia, who was a fan of his, heard of this and decided, you know what, I'm going to help this guy out. I'm going to buy his whole library of encyclopedias, which equated to a good chump of, uh, good sum of money. And so suddenly this guy who had not a lot of money, but was probably doing fine for his life, I think he was like in his 50s when this occurred, you know, he was probably comfortable. He's probably doing fine by himself, but suddenly found himself in this huge amount of money. And his mind was, ooh, I got this money. I can do something with it. So to reward himself, he bought himself a very nice scarlet robe. And that was the downfall for Diderot. Because once he had this scarlet robe, he looked around his house and he said, well, I have this really nice robe. But gosh, my furniture is terrible. I need to buy new furniture. I need to buy new lamps. I need to buy new this or that. And eventually, it was this idea that I need, I need, I need to match this sudden new lifestyle of mine, which for him really wasn't because it was a one-time purchase from the queen. It's not like she was buying, kept sending him money. Um, but in his mind, he had to do this. And eventually, he went broke, lost everything. And you see this with people. It's this concept of you suddenly have something and you need to keep filling it up. And I, I'm first to admit, you know, we built a new house, bigger, more expensive than our last house. And what happened? You bring our old furniture in and it just didn't look like it matched very well. It didn't look as good as it should have for our house, quote unquote there, right? And so did we get a new couch? Yes. Did we get a new this or that? Yes. Now, with that said, we were really good at buying things, not on the expensive side, um, but they still look nice. But cue the Christmas lights, right? Our old house, we did fine not having Christmas lights in our house. It wasn't a big deal. Nobody cared in our neighborhood, in our old neighborhood. But this year, 
it was a big focus. And it was this idea that, okay, we built this house here, last house that could be built in this neighborhood. We can't just like come in and not do what we're so theoretically supposed to do. So now we have to do these Christmas lights, right? And that's that whole Diderot effect. Now, did we go go big or go home on this thing? No, but a lot more expensive than I planned on it being. And that's something, again, you got to look at. you got to look at your life and say, am I doing this? And is it hurting me? Now, if you got the finances and the funds to fund all these things and have it not financially harm you, cool, go for it. But let's be honest, I'm a pediatrician. I'm not making plastic surgery money. So Christmas lights are great. That'll be our big purchase for the year. <laughs> We're not spending money like that again. And so I think it's important with this Christmas coming up, Think about those things. Number one, are you buying something as a status symbol? And again, I'm not trying to blame people or say it's wrong, but ask yourself that first. Is it a status symbol for you or is it a status symbol for your kid? And what message are you trying to teach there? Number two, is it truly something that you think you or your child is going to cherish? Do you think it's something that they're truly going to appreciate? Or is it going to be one of those other items that they like for a day or a week? And it's in the closet for the rest of the year. And then look at that data effect. Am I getting this because I feel like I need to upscale something or I need to fill a hole that I feel like needs filled? And that's important. And that's not easy to look at and to tell ourselves that. And it's not easy to have those conversations with our spouse either about that because one person may think they really need this or we really need this. And the other one may be saying, hmm. Let's hold up a second here and let's talk about this. And that can lead to some hard discussions, but I think it's important. You know, this is that time of year that everybody starts spending a lot and it can hurt you financially, but it can also hurt people emotionally, psychologically, and those kind of things too when it comes to all these items because it's either, no, I don't want to get it for you or I can't afford it or you don't need it. And what does that do to you psychologically? Or, hey, I feel like you need all of these things and I bought you everything you asked for. What does that do to somebody psychologically? Because it does, it affects them psychologically. And I think it's important to talk about that. So not to be a Debbie Downer, but it's December. Time to have that Christmas talk. So that's what it is. But hope you guys got something out of that. And if you don't agree with me at all, let me know. Send me a message. Uh, you can email me at imperfectdadmd at gmail.com or you can go to the website at www.imperfectdadmd.com and you can send me a message through there. Let me know if I'm just full of it and what I'm saying is completely ridiculous and I'm a Scrooge. That's fine. I don't mind. If you agree with me, let me know too. But I do think this is important topics to talk about. So if you haven't yet, subscribe, leave a review. Share this with a friend and embrace those imperfections. I'll see you next week. My dad, Dr. Jeremy Toffel, is a pediatrician, father, and husband. The information provided in this podcast is not meant to be medical advice and is for your education and entertainment only.